You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. All right, everybody, we're back from that quick break. Uh, again, shout out to Lamont Jordan joining us on the podcast. He was fantastic. Uh, shout out Nick for, for getting him to come on. Uh, maybe I'll get some of my former high school teammates uh, <laughs> to, to come on here. I'm sure they'll have some good, some good well, insight. Well, first, wait, wait, first of all, they're not going to say that you decided to tackle them one night after going out to a nightclub, right? <laughs> yeah, no. Is no. that what they're going to say? <laughs> yeah, no, they're going to uh, – they're gonna they're gonna tell some other stories that probably are not appropriate for this podcast. But um, okay. Nick, 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 we got we got a lot to talk about still. Um, you know, we covered a lot in that first segment, but I think we need to start this one with Brett Rippon. Um, obviously, put in a tough situation for him. Um, I, I think people also maybe that that haven't covered the team or haven't been around the team don't realize. I mean, this was only a second career star. I mean, the guy hasn't played a ton of NFL football. I think he's got some talent. Um, but, but clearly this is not a guy that is probably your ideal backup in a lot of situations, considering he hasn't played that much, but I thought he came in and, and did a nice job 24, 46, which is a lot, a lot. I mean, we can get into that 46, you know, pass attempts is a ton for a backup quarterback, 225 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception, 56.9 rating. What what do you just think of Brett's performance? Look, I, is he the reason they lost the game today? I don't know. I mean, there's so many th- factors that go into it, but uh, I thought he did, you know, about as good as we thought he was going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Just kind of the idea that Brett is a backup, hasn't had a lot of experience, but he did say that uh, he took a lot of reps this week in practice. And even with that being said, George, I still didn't think that he would uh, be prepared as much as we would have loved for him to be prepared. But I knew that, they're going to come in with a simple game plan, allowing him to go out there and execute, and that's exactly what we saw, especially in the first half. The thing that was uh, baffling for me is uh, I saw a couple of personnel groupings and some route concepts with Brett Rippon that we didn't even see with Russell Wilson. I was wondering, okay, well, I know you want to simplify it for Brett, but why are we not seeing more of these same things and these concepts with, with Russell Wilson? I mean, we, I saw a formation where you had three receivers flexed to your left side, and you had Greg Dosage open to your right. That's right. No Albert Okawebo on, but it was Greg Dosage. I'm like, where was that before? And then when you look at the play where all the turbans Murray actually scored his touchdown, you had a tight end off the ball. They brought him back across the formation to be the lead blocker like, like a fullback. I'm like, where was that? And the tight ends, I mean, we didn't see a lot of catches from a lot of group of guys, but we did see the tight ends come back to life in this game. I think it was 13 targets as a group. And Greg Dosis pretty much led that group. But I'm just like, well, what was that before? And that was kind of the biggest question mark for me was why were we seeing these concepts that seem to be easy throws 
for Brett Rippon that we were not seeing with Russell Wilson. I, I noticed the same thing, Nick. And and here's the other thing that I also noticed, and I, I wonder if you saw this too. It seemed like they were under center a lot more, which is something that I think you've talked about. I've talked about a lot of people have said, why don't they have Russell Wilson under center more often? That's what he did in Seattle. That's what he was successful at. Play action, boot, those types of things. They did that a lot today. It was almost like they were running maybe a different offense than what they've typically been running. I mean, you just mentioned it different plays and, and stuff like that. I mean, did you, did you notice that as well, that it was almost like they were running a, a different looking offense at times? Yeah, it seems as, as though that that was the case. And I was talking to someone, they were like, well, maybe the reason they were running a lot of shotgun plays is because that's what Russ wanted to run. Hey, listen, I'm all for talking to players, trying to figure out what they do best and trying to implement that into the scheme. But at the end of the day, if your scheme means as though your quarterback has to be on the center to force the defense to play the run, to open up windows down the field because now you have play action to your disposal, hey, listen, you have to push that narrative uh, across. Now, I don't know, George, I'm not – I go in the locker room, uh, but but I don't, I'm not having that conversation with offensive coaches. But I did realize that Brett was on the center a lot more than we've seen with Russell Wilson. But it did show in the first half – because the Broncos were moving the ball. There was some kind of movement and rhythm with the team in the first half, but in the second half, it just seemed as though it fell apart. Yeah, they, they were moving the ball uh, at times. It, it was almost like, uh, it, again, like it was a different offense at times, and, and but then, of course, they fell apart, so I guess it doesn't really matter what they were running. Um, but it, it just, again, it was, it was disappointing and, and honestly frustrating to watch. Um, you know, Brett Rippon talked about it after the game. We have some audio here of him talking a little bit about the offense and their, and their struggles. And, and he was, he, he was pretty blunt, uh, about it, Nick. And, and I want you to, to hear this audio that we have here from Broncos.com and then we'll, we'll, we will react to it. When your defense is playing as well as our defenses, um, you shouldn't be losing games. And that's, that's just point blank period of fact. And we got to figure out what we can do to turn this thing around because I still think we have a good team. Um, but we got to figure out, you know, what what are our best plays on offense? Um, everybody's got to be on the same page as far as, like, what we're trying to do, how we're trying to attack defenses and um, go into each week and have conviction in the plan. Mm. I, I want to know your reaction to that because my reaction um, to that was who's not on the same page? Uh who thinks that they're not running the plays that are their best plays? Uh, and I think it's also it's also fair for him to say that the defense is holding up their side of the bargain right now and the offense needs to figure it out. So what was your reaction to that? Because I thought that was a pretty uh, straightforward answer there from Brett. Well, the first thing I thought was uh, Brett decided to let it rip and rip it did. He ripped off the Band-Aid per se because – once again, it's something that we've been talking about and everyone knows, you know, what the defense is opposed to what the offense is. But he said it himself. I mean, getting on the same page. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean the players and the coaching staff and why are they not on the same page? Are they not communicating and why they're why are they not communicating? And the fact that guys buying into what was being sold and maybe that's the game plan and probably the problem itself, because some guys are seeing the game plan. They go like, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's no way that this is going to work, especially with the weapons that you have on the team that we are limiting our firepower by only doing certain things. So for me, and just a small amount of words that Brett Rippon said, 
he said a lot. This is two weeks in a row, Nick, that I think that players have gotten up on the podium or, or talked in the media that have kind of hinted at frustration with maybe the coaching staff. And I don't know if Nick's or not Nick's Brett's comments were, you know, totally directed at the coaching staff. But I, again, it's sort of like Justin Simmons comments after the Monday night football loss to the chargers, where he talked about the definition of insanity and uh, the frustration of doing the same thing week in and week out. Like, I don't know if he was directing that at the coaching staff, but it's directed at general, you know, generally everybody, which includes the coaching staff. And that's the way I took Brett's comments is like, Hey, like, like we're not on the same page from the head coach calling the plays uh, to the offensive coordinator, to uh, maybe the quarterback's coach, to the wide receivers, to the linemen. Like it's very clear. I mean, how many times, Nick, do we see every single week that receivers just maybe aren't in this, in this spot that the quarterback thinks they're going to be in. Right. Or that they're, they're running plays that are kind of like mind boggling on third and one they're running, you know, rollout throws to Andrew Beck that are not even past the, you know, the first down marker. It's like, what are the, what are they doing? Like, it's just, and what's crazy to me, Nick, and I'm like going on a rant here, but what's crazy to me is I really thought it couldn't get any worse. You know, last year I watched Pat Shermer and Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. And I was like, well, this is just horrible and gross and disgusting of an offense. This is their <laughs> own pace. They are on pace to have one of the worst offenses in NFL history. Like, and, and, and it's just crazy to me because Nathaniel Hackett is supposed to be this offensive genius. And he was supposed to come here and, and score all these points. And, and to his credit, in his previous stops, he has. Like, he's, he's, he's scored points. He's put together good offenses in his previous stops. So I'm confused as to why all of a sudden it's not working here. Is the personnel bad? Are players not buying in or is, is Hackett in over his head? It was it all BS in his previous stops. I don't know, Nick, I don't know the answers. We're sitting here in week. What is this week seven? And it just feels like the same old story with the offense every single week. And we have no answers. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Well, it's funny, once again, that's why hearing Brett Rippon say what he said, it, it, it's so it's so telling. He he's actually admitting to us that there is a fundamental problem on the offensive side of the ball. Now he didn't mention anyone by name or by position, but he's telling you there is a fundamental problem, and we're not on the same page. And I would definitely add this to it: Robert Sala and his preparation for the Denver Broncos. To me, he didn't have to do too much homework because one. Brett Ribbon didn't really play a lot, but two, he just played a version of the Broncos' offense the week before when he faced Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur in the Packers' offense. So he had somewhat of an idea of what he was going to face in particular. And just think about it, too. Aaron Rodgers, and I know we can say, well, no, Devontae Adams, he is struggling in Green Bay with that offense. So it makes you wonder, okay, but what's going on with the offense itself, right? Is it the offense? Or is it the individuals taking the offense and its uh, tradition and then just trying to, like a mad scientist, add this and add that to it and things are spontaneously combusting because 
every single week the Broncos offense go out there and they score less than, let's say, what, they're averaging, what, 14, 12 points a game? Yeah, 14. Then now, yeah, so, so now everyone's looking at Nathaniel Hackett because that was the premise that you were hired on. The fact of being able to turn this offense around from what it looked like under Pat Shermer and seeing as though it is not a better version, it's a worse version. Now, once again, this is why people are coming for his throat. And he has to find some way, somehow, I don't know how he does it, but take a page out of Brett Ripon's book. Hey, we all need to get on the same page. I mean, you got a long trip over to London. So hopefully there's a lot of dialogue going on between the Mills and watching those movies. Yeah, well, maybe they should watch like Remember the Titans or something on the on the plane <laughs> ride over there. That always gets that always gets me a little juiced. Uh maybe some Rudy. Uh Brett Rippon's like Rudy. No, 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 no. You, you, you have to watch Varsity Blues, of course. Varsity Blues is good. That's a yeah. good one. We, we should, we can, we can, Nick, we can, we can break down best. That was a good one. I mean, you just really dismiss Varsity Blues like that. Come on. No, man. it's good. It's good. I'm just saying, you know, in the off season, we can have a, we can have an entire podcast dedicated to the, the uh, greatest, <laughs> the greatest football movies. Um, yeah. What one guy who 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 did have I would say a pretty good game was Jerry Judy. Yeah, um, you know I he, seven receptions, ninety six yards, eleven targets. Uh, maybe there's just a connection there with him and Rippin. I believe he caught his first career touchdown pass from Rippin a couple years ago against the Jets. So maybe it's just some sort of like magical powers that those two have. Um, it, it was interesting timing too because uh, Nick, I'm sure you saw the report and everybody listening to this saw the report. Uh, this morning that he is on the trading block. Uh, there's quite a few uh, you know, teams maybe interested in him. It sounds like the Broncos might also maybe be interested in dealing him if they can get the uh, right amount of you know draft capital or whatever they want in return. Uh, what was your reaction to, to Jerry's performance and also the news of him you know, possibly uh, on his way out? Well, first and foremost, I, I thought it was uh, great to see him go out there and make some catches. Like you said, his first touchdown pass about, uh, what's it, three years ago now, uh, came from Brett Ribbon in a Thursday night game against uh, the New York Jets, a game in which the Broncos actually won. So I knew that that chemistry definitely was going to be there, but it just really showed, and hopefully it quieted the critics uh, somewhat, but we know it's not going to quiet them uh, uh, in its entirety. But it was great to see him go out there and show people exactly what he could do, but it did raise that question for me. As, watch, as far as watching him out there make those plays, he was only building up the draft capital for the team to trade him. And there's a team in Green Bay who runs a similar offense. Guess what? They're having wide receiver issues. So I don't know if that's going to be a team that Jerry is traded to, but I like Jerry, you know, contrary to what most people think. And uh, I would hate to see him go, but I know that this is uh, business. But he did right for himself going out there uh, making a couple plays today. Yeah, look, I don't know what, what the Broncos are going to do, um, you know, Half of me says they should keep him. Half of me says, you know, get what you can because this season's lost. But, like, he, st he still has another year on his contract. He's cheap, right? Like, in terms of he's still on his rookie contract. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think, Nick, we've seen sparks from him where you're like, okay, this guy can be really good, like one of the top receivers in the league. And then he just kind of disappears. And, again, it's the chicken or the egg conversation. Like, is that his fault or is that – the result of having to play with, you know, Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater and now, you know, Russell Wilson and Brett Rippon this year. 
Um, you know, the offense is not, you know, moving the ball. Guys aren't open. Like, you know, who, whose fault is it? I don't know. I mean, it would not shock me if Jerry Judy gets traded to, like you said, Green Bay, and all of a sudden the guy becomes like uh, a Pro Bowl type receiver. Like, like that's the kind of like I think he has that kind of talent. I just don't know what the issue is here in Denver. So it's going to be really interesting to see what they do with him uh, moving forward because he had a great game today. And if he plays like that, then I think he's worth keeping keeping you know long term. He's a guy that you want to have on your football team. Um, but if not, then you know maybe you move him and and. You know, I think this week's going to play big in that. You know, what what are the Jaguars going to do? Like, if, if you lose to the Jaguars, well, maybe you become a team that's, you know, it's a wholesale and you're selling, you know, all sorts of guys on the football team, right? I don't know. But, um, Nick, we got to take a break. I'm, I'm rambling at this point. I, I know we want to talk more about some of these guys that could be traded. Um, but let, let's take a break and we can dive some more into the game and then uh, also maybe some, some other guys that might be on the trading block. 